Hello, I'm Nihal Helmi, the Global Perspective Experience 2020 Event Manager. Before we get to our podcast, I would like to invite you to Global Perspective Experience 2020. The theme this year is a passion for inclusion with contributors from civil society organizations, businesses, governments, and academia. The Global Perspective Experience is virtual, meaning you can join from anywhere in the world. We will provide you with a space to reflect on what inclusion should look like, how we can improve inclusive practices, and continue to engage a range of actors. We are offering an early bird of 10% discount until 17th of August. To attend, please click on the link in the description. Also, at Global Perspective, we will launch our second edition of Civil Society Innovation Report, this year focusing on urban innovation. Also, at Global Perspectives, we will launch our second edition of the Civil Society Innovation Report, focusing on urban innovation. We will be sharing the case studies from the report as podcasts soon, so watch out for them here. Now, to the podcast, where I'm going to talk with Brenda Karaoke, the Regional Director, Advocacy, Policy, Campaigns and External Engagements with World Vision International about her work and about coming to Global Perspectives. We hope you enjoy. Hello, this is Nihel, and I'm the Events Manager with the International Civil Society Center, organizing Global Perspective Experience 2020, a passion for inclusion. Here with me is Brenda Kariuki, the Regional Director, Advocacy Policy Campaigns and External Engagements with World Vision International. Brenda is a seasoned strategist, implementer in advocacy, public and social policy, communications, and government relations. With over 20 years of experience, Brenda has managed programs and raised the profile of issues affecting women, children at the global, regional, and national levels, including maternal health, gender equity, and rights of women, HIV AIDS, and broader child protection issues. Today, we are going to talk about global perspectives. Global Perspective is an annual conference which gathers civil society, businesses, academic leaders from all around the world. Together, they discuss challenges and opportunities facing civil society today. Welcome, Brenda. How are you? Thank you very much, Neil. I'm very well. It's exciting to have you here. I just want to talk to you a bit about your work, so perhaps you can tell us about what you do with World Vision, what it means to you. Is there something that you feel specifically passionate about? We would love to hear. Thank you. I work with World Vision in the East Africa region. I'm based in Nairobi. And uh, one of the things that gets me out of bed every morning is our campaign to end all forms of violence against children. This campaign is running in over 70 countries across World Vision's geographies. And in East Africa, we are running it in nine countries. And it really focuses on working with communities, with policymakers, with children and women and men and communities to really bring an end to forms of violence like early child marriage, female genital mutilation, child sacrifice, corporal punishment in schools, among other forms of sexual and uh, sexual abuse and child labor as well. So it really is a campaign that we've been implementing since 2017 and will continue to do so up to about 2025 and hopefully by then we will hope to see significant change in behavior, in attitudes, in policies, and structures that provide protection as well as justice for children and women who face these uh, forms of violence. So that's one of the key 
roles that I play in World Vision in East Africa. That sounds really good and exciting. Maybe you can tell me a little bit now that we are under a pandemic and there's COVID-19. What are the challenges and perhaps even if there's opportunities that you face within implementing your project? So one of the things that we have learned in this COVID-19 season is that violence against children and women has actually increased significantly. In some countries, we are hearing, you know, up to 30 or 50 percent increase in calls to helplines where cases of violence, abuse, uh, sexual exploitation of children and women is happening. And the timing couldn't be worse because the pressure the pandemic is putting on livelihoods of communities, of individuals who've lost their income, is really just becoming impossible to contain. And with some of the containment measures, with some of the lockdowns, we're finding that that frustration is now being taken out on women and on children and mostly the most vulnerable members of our society. So our campaign continues to really focus on these issues. We are monitoring closely some of the statistics. We're engaging with governments, with other development partners and other policymakers to really make sure that some of the COVID-19 responses that are being developed and being implemented include clear messaging on uh, the need to protect women and children from violence, include clear messaging on where women and children can find help and can find support, and also where we can make sure that they find justice in cases where their rights have been violated. But it's it's a complex time, and it has just made a problem like violence against women and children even more complex and even harder to monitor because a lot of the containment measures means that some of our child protection policy officers or monitoring officers cannot reach those children. And in most cases, those children and women are locked up in premises with the abusers and perpetrators of, of those forms of violence. So it's a really tough time. And we are hoping that in, in our conversations with policymakers, with governments and development partners, as well as donors, we can actually influence uh, and ensure that the issue of violence against children is not forgotten when COVID-19 responses and funding allocations are being made. We need more than ever now to strengthen our child protection systems, we need to make sure that women and children can access places of safety, can access healthcare where they've been violated, and can access justice um, to ensure that these forms of violence are not perpetrated in a, over and over again. Because if we don't protect them now, we're going to lose a lot more girls to early marriage, for example, we're going to lose more young boys, for example, into either child labor or radicalization and so many other ills that are having, have been pushed into, you know, communities and family setups because of the pandemic and the, and the kind of stress and pressure it's causing. It's a terrible thing that we, um, that the children and women has to go through, especially now under the pandemic. And would you say that, I know it's, you said it has become uh, more complicated, but throughout since 2017, was there any big achievement that you are uh, specifically proud of? 
Yeah, so one of the things that we have seen since we launched the campaign in 2017 has been more conversations in the public sphere and more awareness on some of the issues of violence against children and women. For example, we see a lot more media reporting on the increase in violence. We see a lot more scrutiny on how some of these cases are handled when they reach uh, the justice systems. We see a lot more engagement by lawmakers and uh, policymakers in wanting to ensure that some of the laws that have already been set in some countries are now being implemented. So sometimes it's not the lack of laws that hinders us from achieving any success. It's actually the implementation or the political will to support the implementation of some of these laws. And so we're starting to see that conversation is it's alive in the public domain. It's alive with some of the policymakers, some of the debates we hear in the parliament across the region. It's a conversation that continues to remain alive. And that, I think, for is one of the things that we are grateful because in this campaign, we are not doing it alone as World Vision. We work closely with other child-focused agencies. We work closely with communities where these uh, children and women live. We are working closely with partners like schools and, and teaching and faith leaders as well to really ensure that the conversation is consistent across many spheres. So we are not just speaking alone to ourselves, but we are speaking on behalf of the children and also giving children those platforms to speak to policymakers, to speak to leaders in their communities and demand for safety and protection from some of these forms of violence. Some of them are couched in culture, some are couched in you know, religious beliefs. And so the engagement with some of those faith leaders and political leaders is critical to start shifting that uh, mindset and, and to ensure that we are all working towards protecting children and ensuring they achieve their full potential without having to experience uh, the forms of violence that some are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Excellent. seems like you are taking an inclusive approach within your programs, which brings us a bit about global perspectives. Is this your first time to attend? No, this is actually going to be my second time to come to the global perspectives. And the first time I attended was last year in October in Addis Ababa. And it was a fantastic experience for me in many ways because I had a chance to meet a lot of networks, a lot of individuals who work on the same problems that we work on. For example, I was able to meet a number of advocacy champions in Addis Ababa that were working across Africa to end violence against children, to end FGM to engage with communities and cultural leaders and faith leaders to engage in that conversation. And one of the moments that stuck with me from the global perspectives last year was the fact that it was a very safe space to discuss really difficult conversations, to discuss complex problems and figure out different solutions, hear of innovations from other parts of the world. For example, I remember a session that talked about changing the narrative of our story and of our campaign. So instead of just focusing on the grim and the sad tale of what happens, for example, to a child that is uh, abused or violated, and without minimizing that impact, to really turn that story around and look at 
the positive perspective. What will happen to this child if they were given a chance to go through their entire education without experiencing corporal punishment in school or without being, you know, removed from school when they reach puberty to be married of Ali and really just narrate the story from that positive, this is what it would look like if we tackled violence against children. And for me, that was such a mind-blowing moment because I think some for some time when we've worked in some of these complex challenges that we try to address with our campaigns and our advocacy strategies, we get caught up in the statistics and in the data and in the grimness of some of the really atrocious experiences children and women face. But I think when you flip that to, let's talk about the positive story. What would happen to Brenda as a child if she didn't face violence in school, if she didn't face, you know, ridicule, if she got her periods in school and therefore soiled her dress and was not able to go back to school because of the shame around periods, for example. So just turning that story positively, for me, that session has stayed with me since then. And I've tried to work with my colleagues in the different national offices in East Africa region to really start bringing in the positive narrative to a very complex and often a grim subject, which is violence against children. That sounds like it was um, an amazing session. And what would you look forward for this year? I think for me, first of all, I love the theme of this 2020 global perspective, inclusion. And the reason I love the theme so much and I, the timing couldn't be more perfect is the fact that the world is having a huge conversation around the question of inclusion. It's having a, a reawakening moment uh, based on the recent events in the U.S. Um, around the death of George Floyd and how issues around racism, issues around Black Lives Matter, issues around every life matters for that matter, issues around how we treat people because of their race, their color, their gender, their religious affiliation. I think the moment is so perfect for this theme, and I think global perspectives will be an opportunity in 2020 to really go into those difficult and uncomfortable conversations that I think for a long time we haven't had the courage to to have those conversations as a community, maybe as a development community, or maybe even just as individuals, depending on where we are coming from. For me, I think it'll be a phenomenal opportunity to really find out where can we do things differently. And that resonates also with World Vision's vision and mission, which is really to ensure that we work for every child to experience life in its fullness. And therefore, that includes the child with disability, that includes the child from the most vulnerable community, that includes a child from a refugee camp, that includes a child from a poor background. It is all children, boys and girls. How can we make sure we are working to ensure they experience life in all its fullness? And so for me, I'm really excited and looking forward to the conversation and inclusion. It sounds awesome. We are also looking forward to the different discussions that is, are going to take place. Tell me, is there a specific organization that you would like to see included or that you would like to have a specific conversation with? 
that we can give a shout out to? Oh, it should be difficult to call that one organization, but I... You can I... say as many as you want. <laughs> I think I think from the experience last year, I remember meeting people from organizations like Amnesty International, um, Save the Children, Oxfam, other colleagues from World Vision, Plan International. I mean, there's a myriad of organizations out there working really difficult in difficult, complex situations. And it would be interesting to also hear, especially organizations working in fragile contexts like ourselves, where we have, you know, huge programs in Somalia, South Sudan, and Sudan. It would be interesting to hear from them as well. How are they experiencing the conversation around inclusion? Because in some of the places we know, in not just in Africa, but in most parts of the world, the civic space is shrinking. And therefore, some of this conversation need to happen in a safe environment, which I think is what global perspective provides. You know, that opportunity to have a space and a safe space to have conversations that are often difficult, but also figuring out what are some of the solutions that have worked elsewhere with similar contexts, with similar complexities that we can borrow and, you know, refine and bring to some of our regions. So for me, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone, you know, the usual child-friendly agencies or human rights agencies, as well as the ones I've never met before. Some of the ones I met last year, for example, I had never met before. And so it's also an opportunity to hear of other perspectives from an unlikely ally that, or a, an agency that I didn't know was a peer agency working on similar issues, but then they come together at global perspectives. So I'm also hoping for some surprises. Great, because we are going to surprise you this year with a lot of different formats for the sessions and the workshops, and we are really trying to simulate a physical experience into a an online experience, and it's quite exciting, actually. So would you like to say anything more towards the end about your work before we close today? Yeah, I think for me, I'd like to say for global perspectives, um, you do an amazing job of bringing together such interesting and diverse conversations on issues that are topical, that are meaningful, that are current for those of us who work in the development sector. And I think it's fantastic that you you make this space available for us to come together. So keep doing it. I appreciate it. And as you know, World Vision International has been part and parcel of the Global Perspectives Network from the very beginning, and we continue to value this engagement and then peer-to-peer engagement, the networking, as well as the opportunities to bring us together and meet with people who are trying to make a difference in the world. And so I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to the Global Perspectives and everyone who's a member of that uh, network and say, keep keep making this happen. It's invaluable at so many levels and we need more of these spaces to continue doing a di- making a difference in the world. That sounds great. Thank you so much. And World Vision has been a long uh, course supporter of the center and we are all happy to have World Vision and Global Perspectives and in other conferences and convenings as well that we hold. Thank you so much again, Brenda. This has been great. 
Thank you. I enjoyed the conversations and I look forward to Global Perspectives 2020. Excellent. Thank you again. Thank you to my guests for an excellent conversation. Remember, if you want to attend our virtual Global Perspective experience, please click on the link in the description.